Good morning. Welcome to Woodland Life Center. My name is Scott Green. I'm the youth pastor here. Um, I have a few announcements for us today, but just so you guys are aware, um, this week and the next two weeks, Pastor and his family are taking a much-needed break, so we're going to be welcoming visitors from the area to help lead worship, so I want you guys to be sure to help welcome them when they uh, lead us in worship today. Uh, A few announcements. Pickleball. If you know about it, you know about it. If you don't, you need to know about it. This Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., here in the gym, Kanisha Blevins is leading that, so ask her for more details on that. Bethany Metcalf's baby shower is going to be 3 p.m. a week from today here in the gym, so come and show up for that. Um, Bring a gift. And Fridays, 9.30 to 10.30 a.m., we have preschools, um, preschoolers in the gym, open gym, playing games. Um, Shelby Elzas is leading that, so if you're interested in that, please contact her. Also, Vanessa Collins needs to know today if you are going to participate in Murder Mystery. Uh, that's a part of the uh, women's group, and that will be Monday, uh, the 29th of this month. So let her know today if you are interested And finally, Trunk or Treat, one of our biggest events, probably our biggest outreach event um, that we do, is going to be on the 31st. That'll be 5 to 7 p.m. All sorts of things going on. And if you're going to bring a trunk decorated, we need you to sign up. There's a sign-up sheet in the foyer um, either for that or if you want to bring homemade uh, chili for the chili cook-off. Please sign up for that. Jake Metcalf is leading that. Um, Also... Bring candy. If you can't participate in any other way, we need lots of candy to hand out. So bring candy. We're collecting that in the main office for now. So I think that does it. If you guys could stand with me, greet one another, shake a hand or two, talk to someone you haven't in a while. Well, good morning, everyone. Wow, good morning, everyone. All right, that's better. Hey, we're really glad to be here today. Uh, just wanted to introduce everyone. This, this is Lori over here. This is Colleen. My name's Ingle, and we're real happy to be here today. I know you, you guys know everyone behind us, uh, Tim and Jerry and, uh, and Cindy over here. So we're going to be uh, leading worship this morning. It's a real blessing to be here today, and uh, thank you guys for... Uh, just joining us this morning. Uh, We're just going to lift the Lord's name and uh, just praise him through prayer and music. So let's do that right now. Thank you.
Praise the Lord. You guys can be seated, please.
together closer. <laughs> You'll be okay then. So I have been asked to share scripture this morning, and it is my favorite thing to be in God's Word. Does everybody love to be in His Word? It is alive, and it's always teaching us stuff, so I love that. And the scripture that God just really laid on my heart this week was John 4, um, 23 and 24, and it's right after Jesus met the woman at the well. And you know, it was pretty unexpected, I think, for her to meet with Jesus that day. She was in the middle of a mess in her life. And I know I've been in the middle of my mess when Jesus has met with me before. And um, he always kind of catches us off guard. But man, he's such a grace giver. And he just, he just loves us right where we, at, we are at, even at a well. So as I read through it and started digging a little bit deeper, we've heard this before many times. And it says, but the time is coming indeed. It is here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. And I said, Lord, I want to know more about that because we always talk about working, 
and, you know, worshiping you in spirit and truth. But I really want to know more about that. And he really laid it on my heart. And I even got out my Greek Bible, had a little dust on it. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> but it, it was so worth digging into because one of the words in there that he translated through that was, we shall be worshiping, which means 24-7. Our hearts are going to be worshiping him 24-7. So it's not just when we're singing on Sundays, not just when we're hearing the sermon. It's every day. And I don't want to be caught off guard at that well and not be worshiping him because he's seeking the ones that are worshiping him. So I thought that was pretty special that he was able to share that with us. And hopefully we can all go out this week and be a little bit more intentional about our everyday worship with him because he misses us when we don't approach him and ask him to sit with us through that time. Oh
Oh 
Father, we come before you this morning in joy and just a time of worship, and we are just so thankful that we live in a place and have a building that we can come to and gather and worship you. Lord, we just thank you so much for that, and I thank you for all of these people that have made it out this morning in the weather and have taken the time to come and worship this morning, and Lord, I just pray that uh, as we go through life, as we go through the things that we deal with and all of the things outside of this place, Lord, we just pray that you would be in the midst of it, in the midst of everything that we go through and all the stresses and anxieties and all of the the things that we go through that, that just really tear us down and try and pull us away from you. Lord, I just pray that you would be uh, with us this morning. And in those times that your power would just be with us and that you would uh, just hold us tight and lead us back to you and and that we would continue to worship you and continue to uh, be filled with the Holy Spirit and continue to uh, just worship you as much and as often as we can. So Lord, this week I pray that you would be with us, that you would fill us and go from this place with us, that you would uh, just that you would just really be with us, that you would guide us and lead us in the steps that we take this week and in the, uh, the moments that we feel down or that we just feel far from you, Lord, I pray that we would just be led back to you and that our steps would continually be uh, what you want, that your plan for our lives would continually be worked out, that you would continue to be at work in our lives. And so, Lord, this morning I pray that you would just be with us in this place and that you would be with Pastor Greg as he comes and brings a message for us this morning. And I just pray that you would speak to us, that you would just do something in our hearts this morning that make us want to grow closer and deeper with you. 
Lord, this morning I pray that you would just continue to speak to us and that we would continue to worship you and continue to uh, look to you this morning, Lord. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Um, So we're going to have our ushers go ahead and come on down. We're going to take our tithes and offerings. Um, But before we do that, I just have one quick announcement of, uh, or more uh, prayer request than anything. Uh, Bethany and I have kind of been through a lot this week. We've been at the hospital several times. Uh, She's doing pretty well this morning, and uh, she was uh, diagnosed with preeclampsia, and you may not know what that is, but um, it looks like our son is going to be born uh, within the next two weeks at some point, and so uh, we just ask for your prayers for us in this time, um, that he would be as healthy as can be, and that he would hang on and be as close to 37 weeks as what we've been told, uh, that he would come as close to that point as possible, and that, that uh, Bethany's health would uh, not decline rapidly, but that uh, she would continue to be as healthy as can be through this uh, these next couple of weeks. So uh, it's been a, a pretty stressful and anxiety-filled week, and so we just would really appreciate your prayers in the coming days, and uh, we would we'd greatly appreciate that. Uh, let's go ahead and take our tithes and offerings, so let me pray for us real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning and this time that we can worship you through giving of our tithes and offerings, and I just pray that you would bless Uh, our offerings to you this morning, that they would be given to you and um, just an exciting and joy-filled manner, that we would give to you um, excitingly and know that 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 tithe and that offering is, is there because you have provided for us. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would continue to provide for us, and I just pray that you would bless this offering and bless this morning pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Kids, if you have an offering this morning, we've got our bucket up here on the stage. And so you can go ahead and come and put your offerings in here. And then you can go to the back door and meet Miss McKenzie for kids' worship this morning. It is a wonderful day in the neighborhood. I was, the way they were talking about the weather, I thought it was going to be 
a lot worse than it was, and I thank God that, it, that uh, this is what we've got, and we can go on. And How many of you have, in your work, been promoted or changed jobs or gone to school for something and been a little bit stretched in your life? Let me see your hands. You know, we, we come to this place in our life where we, we move forward and a, and a voice within us tells us that we can do this. It says, this is me. I, I can go out and do this. But a voice behind you or maybe a voice beside you says, you're not able to do this. You can't do it. You've been there? I know I have. Fear keeps us from taking that first step that God wants us to do. It is not whether we possess the strength or the ability, but whether we have been called by God to do this or not. And, and let me make a clarifying statement. A lot of times when people says, well, when you talk about being called by God, you're talking about being a pastor. I believe every one of you has been called by God to do the work that you are doing. Okay. I want to make sure you're still here. <laughs> and in doing that, we need to equate the job that we do and the people that we work with and we live with uh, in our neighborhoods, this is what this is the people that God has called me to reach. And God has put you in specific places. But there are difficult times that comes in those places and in those jobs that wants to stretch our lives. Our fears has tendencies to make us go hide in our comfort zone. How many of you have a comfort zone? Our fears have a tendency to make us go hide in our comfort zone. Remember, David, pastor, preached about this a couple of weeks ago. He was anointed king by Samuel while Saul was still in office. He was a young boy. And he was a teenager when his dad asked him to bring cheese and bread and to his brothers on this battlefield. And he heard the heckling of the giant. And he thought someone should go out and fight that giant. And it dawned on him, I'm that someone. There's times in your life and my life that we see something that needs to be done and we don't see someone stepping up, maybe God is telling us, it's me that God wants to use. And he, he, was, he, was, he stepped out in faith, faith. Charles Swindoll said that impossibilities are opportunities for our capacities to be stretched. All because one young man 
stepped out in faith, there was victory in that camp. But do we really get it? You see, the giant, Goliath, cursed David by his gods. He cursed David by his gods. And it's very evident in the, in the text that David believed in God and he trusted in him. And this is what he said. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. I believe this one factor made the difference with David. That one factor is God. And I believe this one factor makes the difference in our lives. It is God. Added to the fact that God had already helped him in learning how to use the sling, God, I, I, I want us to look at that. God will use your giftings and your talents to help you overcome the fears that you have that you can step out in faith for him. Now, I want us to look at Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. I believe it's going to be on the screen. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get out of the boat or get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Now, what had happened, Jesus just fed the 5,000 with, with, a, with a boy's lunch and he, he fed these. Now, you have to understand when, when the scripture says 5,000, they only counted the men of a certain age. There were probably 12,000 people there. And Jesus did this miracle that he fed this crowd and he sent them away. And then he sends his disciples to the other side of the lake. They was on a lake and to the other side of the lake and, and when he had sent the multitudes away, Jesus went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Let me stop there. It is good for us that we take time to spend time with Jesus. It is good for us that we spend time with Jesus. The Bible says that he sent everybody away and then he found a place of solitude and he spent time with God the Father. And we need to do that ourselves. Now when evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the water, And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to Jesus. He walked on the water to Jesus. 
And when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand. He caught him. And he said to him, oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? (laughs) And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Peter stepped out of the boat, his comfort zone. To walk on the water. To come to Jesus. I find three reasons. For us. As God's children. As believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Three reasons. For us to step out in faith. As God is calling us. To accomplish the work that he has called us to do. Number one. As we step out in faith. We discover, we, we discover a guide who deeply cares for us. We discover a guide who deeply cares for us. Mark's account says he saw them straining at the oars. It was a, he said it was about the fourth watch. It was 3 to 6 o'clock in the morning when this is happening. But I want us to know that as we step out in faith... There is no assurance that the road will be smooth, that we will not come under rough circumstances. We can trust God's direction even when the road becomes rough. I remember years ago I went to hear E.V. Hill uh, preach in uh, Chicago at Moody I think it was Moody College for a pastor's pastor school. And Evie Hill talks about visiting Africa. And he said that uh, he wanted to go to this place because he found out that his family originated from this one, this one tribe and this one village in the jungle. And he had his suit and his briefcase, he said, and he, he got into a taxi, and he asked this taxi cab driver to drive him up to this place. And the taxi cab driver drived him up, or drove him up to this certain place on the road, and there was a path. And the driver looked at E.V. Hill, and he said, down that path about five miles is the village. This is as far as I can take you. So he gets out of the car, and he begins to walk down this path. And as he's walking down his path, he hears a rumbling in the bush, and he turns around, and there is a native there, about six foot five, with a spear that was bigger than he was. And Evie Hill said, I fear just gripped me. Then I began to run down that path as fast as I could. And he ran down that path, and he went through briars and he went through bushes and he jumped over a log and he ran as fast as he could, probably not as far as you think. (laughs) And he said, I got so tired, I just sat down on a log and thought, God, this is it. And the native comes 
walks up to him, takes the spear and goes, thump, looks at him right in the eyes and said in perfect English, sir, do you need a guide? (laughs) I want you to know that all of us need a guide in this life and Jesus Christ is that guide. But I want us to understand this. Jesus knew this storm was coming. And he sent his disciples to the other side. There are storms that come into all of our lives. I went to Bible college in Lakeland, Florida. And one year, God had called me to preach when I was very young. And one year, I, was, I got on the plane, and I was going, but flying back to my home area, and the, the airport was in Huntington, West Virginia. And I was flying on this plane, and I was saying, God, I don't want to do this. I don't want to pastor. I don't want to get up in front of people and speak. This is not me, God. I don't want to do this. And I'm sitting there. Have you ever argued with God? Anybody? So I'm standing there doing this, and, or sitting there doing this, and all of a sudden the captain gets on the intercom, and he says, everybody fasten your seatbelts. We were going over somewhere in North Carolina or something. Fasten your seatbelts. There is a rough storm underneath us, and we're going to go through some rough turbulence. And all of a sudden, it felt like, I don't know if it happened, it felt like if this plane was 18,000, 20,000 feet up, it felt like to me it dropped immediately 5,000 feet. I was here, my stomach was up there, I was feeling very sick, and I was saying, God, whatever you want to do, I'm going to do it for you. You don't argue with God. (laughs) when God calls you to Nineveh don't head off in the opposite direction because he knows how to get your attention there are storms that come into our lives that will strengthen us Storms helps us to exercise our faith. James put it this way. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Storms will come to those who follow Jesus Christ. I I want us to understand this. Storms will come into our lives. Stepping out in faith does not immune you from trouble. Do we all get that? Jesus put it this way. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Let me put it this way. In Proverbs, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart 
Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct your paths. Even though the storm in our life may be rough. When we are, when we are led by God. He's going to take us through that storm to the other side. I remember a friend of mine used to sing a song. Sometimes, sometimes he calms the storm. And sometimes he calms the child. And there's been times in my life going through difficult situations. Situations that God calmed my life. And that I could see clearly. The conditions may be unfavorable. The situation might tell you to run the opposite direction, but keep going. God will make a way. Chuck Smith put it this way. Now, the interesting thing that God has a work that he wants to do, and he calls us to do his work. And once I respond to that call, then God begins to guide me in the portion of that work that he has for me, and he begins to enable me, to strengthen me, and he gives me the capacities to accomplish that work. Then when the task is done, he rewards me if, if I, the, I was the one that did it. <laughs> you will never know the power of God in your life if you do not respond, if you do do not step out. Number two, as we step out in faith, we hear encouragement. As we step out in faith, we hear encouragement. Do not be afraid. Jesus told his disciples, do not be afraid. I believe this phrase is in Scripture 365 times. I don't know about you, but that means one for every day of the year. God is telling me, don't be afraid. But Jesus came to them walking on the water. Can someone get me a drink of water? I am really thirsty. If somebody could do that. It's, it's, it's amazing that it, 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 it is amazing that God shows up in our circumstances in very unusual ways sometimes. Think about it. They are, they are some of these guys are accomplished fishermen, and they are in their boat. They've probably taken down the sail because the wind is so, and, and they're manning the oars. The water is rough. These guys, in this storm, is probably a little bit nervous about this. And Jesus comes. Thank you, sir. Oh, that's good. <laughs> And Jesus comes walking on the very thing that was threatening their lives. The scripture says in the Psalms that he rides above the storm. 
that his cloud is his chariot, and he, he rides among the, the winds. Think about that. Jesus comes, the very thing that was threatening them, he comes walking in the storm on the water. Now, I want us to understand it's not natural to walk on water. I tried it once. I got extremely wet. Just didn't work for me. <laughs> but he comes walking on the water. The very, the, the stormy seas. Can, can you picture it? He's walking in the stormy sea. And he tells his disciples, do not be afraid. Let's go back to David a moment. After he killed the giant and the people were singing songs to him, David, Saul didn't like that. He was extremely jealous. And David had to run. And he runs with, with he, he just takes off and runs. And he probably didn't check the map. Because the Bible says that David ran to Gath. And I think David did not see the sign that was in front of the town. You know, it says Gath, population, whatever. Home of our favorite son, Goliath. David ran and was running from Saul, and he runs into the town that Goliath grew up. And the Bible says that the people were looking at him. Hey, that's the guy that killed Goliath. Let's get him. And David became afraid. And Scripture tells us that he feigned madness. He let his spit run down his beard. And the mayor of the town <laughs> told the people, don't bother this guy. He's crazy. If, if you bother him, you'll get it too. It's a sickness. <laughs> Leave him alone. And David left there, and he went to a cave, which is called the Cave of Adullah. And he was in this cave, and the Bible says that 300 men who were all distressed all in debt and all discouraged, came to live with David in that cave. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm discouraged and I'm down, I don't need 300 people that's like me around me. <laughs> I don't know what happened in that cave. But I want you to know that David, even at an early age, was a leader and a man after God's own heart. And the Bible tells us that out of those men that were in that cave, and by the way, they probably brought their wives and their children with them. Think about this. Of those men that was in that cave, walked out, David's mighty men. 
who surrounded him and helped him all of his life. I would have loved to have been in there and known what was going on. David wrote in... I'm so far ahead of myself. David, David wrote in the Psalms, in Psalm 34, about this time. And he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I sought the Lord and he heard me. And this is, he's talking about this time in Gath. And he delivered me from my, my fears. And I began to think about that. The Bible did not say he delivered him from his circumstances. It says that he delivered him from his fears. And then we know God delivered him from his circumstances. I want you to know that when you're following him, you will find the encouragement you need in your life to keep walking for Jesus. Next, last as we step out in faith, we experience God. In the safety of the boat, Peter cries out, Lord, if it is you, ask me to come to you on the water. Now, many of us, if we would ask God to do something, or if God is asking us to do something, we're saying, yes, Lord, I, I will do that. We probably want, you know, three, three or four volumes of instructions. And it's amazing to me that Jesus didn't give him any instructions about walking on water. And again, this is not a normal thing to happen. He did not give him any instructions. He just looked at Peter and said, come. Wow. And Peter, Peter stepped out of the boat. And I, I would think the first step that he took, and he found out it was like stepping on land. His eyes got about that big. And he was looking at Jesus. And as long as he was looking at Jesus, Peter was walking on water. As long as he was looking at Jesus, Peter was walking on water. Now, I don't, we don't know what happened. But somebody in that boat cried out, Peter, look at that wave coming at you. And Peter turned around. <laughs> when he got his eyes off of Jesus, he, thump, he sank. I want us to realize that when we keep our eyes upon him, things go pretty well, even in the storm. Even in the storm. It seemed impossible, but faith does not operate in the realm of the possible. 
And I want us to realize this. It is not the circumstances in our life that determine our life. It is our decisions. It is not the circumstances that we face in our life that determine who we are, that determines our life. It is our decisions. And Peter had decided to get out of that boat, but whenever he looked, his, when his eyes got away from Jesus, he sank. We used to sing this song. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. You see, when we keep our eyes upon him, everything else just fades away. But Peter, for some reason, looked the other way, fell. Jesus helped him. And he said, oh, you of little faith. I got to thinking about that one day, reading this text over and over and over again. I got to thinking about this. He said to Peter, oh, you of little faith. And I began to wonder, how much faith did those guys in the boat have? Six months after this story, six months after this happened, I wonder if one of the other 11 was thinking about this and thought, I could have walked on water too. Anyone can stay in the boat. It takes faith to get out of the boat. And God has called every one of us to ministry. God has called every one of us to serve others. And we, but we must be willing to step out of our comfort zone for that to happen. I want us to realize that that boat is the comfort zone. And when you step out of it, first thing that's going to happen is a little bit of fear and dread. That's normal. That happens with every one of us. And then you take another step, and it seems like you're in a world of confusion because you don't know what's going on. And then you take another step, and you're in another realm, but then you take the, the next step, and you find out that you're in the middle of adventure. You're in the middle of adventure because you find out that God is with you and he is helping you. I will share with you that many times I've stepped out of my comfort zone. And I've stepped in that fear. And I thought, I looked around and thinking, what in the world am I doing here? And then you take another step. And you think. And you know. God is with you to help you. I want everyone to bow your heads please. No one looking around.
In one place, Jesus says, Come unto me, all you are who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I, I want to ask if there's anyone here that would say, Greg, I came to this place this morning, and I realize I do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Or, if you're saying, Greg, this morning, I realize I don't have the relationship that I need with Jesus Christ. And I want to renew that with Him. I want to come to Jesus this morning. If that's you, can I see your hand? Anyone? Yes. You want to come to Jesus for salvation. You want to know Him. Anyone else? Let's, as we're, we've got our head bowed, let's, let's pray together. I want you to pray with me. Jesus, let's all pray. Jesus, I thank you for the life for, that you came and lived for us upon this planet. I thank you, Lord, that you came and with, with this one object to die for my sins. And that you rose again, that I might have life. And Jesus, I turn from my sin. I turn to you. And I ask you to come into my life. To rule my heart. In Jesus' name we pray. And Jesus, I will serve you from this day forward. Amen. I want you to know that God will help you. Okay? When we make that prayer, first time, or like, like I did, the 19th time, <laughs> when, you know, when you're kids, anyway, <laughs> that God will help you to live this life for Him. Now, I, I want us to look around us. There are people like us that are here. God has called every one of us to do ministry to the people around us. He has, he has placed us strategically wherever we are. He has placed us there. And when he has placed us there, he has given us gifts, he has given us talents. That probably no one else can do but you. But he's asking us in the place that he has sent us. To step out. Of any comfort zone that we have. And to reach out to the people around us. To serve them. To encourage them. And to live a life that will bring other people to Jesus. I want to ask you, how many of you realize that God has called you? Let me see your hands. All over, all over this place. God has called you to do the work that you're doing right now. And there's times in that work that He wants us to step out of the boat 
out of the comfort zone and to do a work for him. If you're willing to do that this morning, you say, Greg, I am willing to step out of that boat. I want you to stand around this audience. Okay? If you're saying this morning, Greg, I'm willing to step out of that boat and do what God has asked me to do, I want you to stand all over the audience. Wow. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the awareness within our lives that you have called us, Lord, to do your work. And we are standing this morning. And Father, we are saying yes to you. And Lord, we, I pray that you keep each of us sensitive to your Holy Spirit. And Lord, that you would give us opportunities day, day in and day out. Lord, to serve you within our community, our homes, our work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I do not have a blessing as pastor does, but I, I want to share with you that God has called you to do a work. Now go out and do it. And with the Holy Spirit helping you and have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Amen? Amen.